Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 13 through 18 of The Burning Maze. Everything I'm going to say for this series is going to be like, welcome, you're late to the game. Yeah. But um, the fact, so something we're going to find out in these chapters is that Piper and Jason have broken up. <gasps> I feel like and, that was like one of the big Burning Maze spoilers that our listeners kept from you. They like did. The because we were like ragging on Jason and Piper's relationship. I was really proud of everyone for not saying anything. I'm shocked i'm i'm i i joked last episode i was like oh they've broken up i thought they were having like a little tiff or like mm. something small or he was protecting her which i still think is the truth but he's like mm. protecting her she does not like him like she's very mad at him and everyone's like he's a bad guy which is i don't know it's really funny love her energy towards him like it's way funnier than her in Heroes of Olympus where she was like Jason has never done any wrong ever and yeah he's she's just like beautiful she's like he's like well, he didn't nitwit. tell me <laughs> she's yeah. like well he didn't tell me what happened so I'm gonna go find out myself <laughs> I love that for her what a good arc I also just like I know break like break- breakups happen but in this series they've like connected all of the couples like they're so intertwined yeah i didn't imagine them breaking up yeah it's like the problem of like there being such a small pool of demigods (laughs) i mean i think it's like the same thing that i've heard people like make fun of harry potter for about how like everyone ended up with someone they grew up with but it's also like there's no one to choose from and it's the same problem of these demigods being like well if we break up we still have the same friends and nobody else. That's what and, I've always felt yeah. with, like, I always used to laugh at that. And then, like, our friend group is so into <laughs> I'm not actually. Not really. I think me and Mike are the only of the group of people we're still in touch with, the couple that's still together. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. And I, we're also at the age. Well, it's like for our friend group, I feel like people found other people and then have not changed their minds. Mm. Like long lasting no, relationships. Really sad. You're just like you sound like you want them to. <laughs> You're just like, I want some you flavor. Who's the boy of the week? You know? I know. Yeah. No, I feel that. It's like the same way where I sometimes I'm like, I wish I had more friends with drama and more friends with children so that I don't have to have those things right now for myself, but I can experience it. Like I don't have any friends with like a child that I can buy things for, you know? Yeah. And I don't have any friends with like enough drama. Well, what's weird (laughs) and it's not weird, but it is a little weird is that we've in like, I have a couple different separate like pockets of friend groups that I forced to merge together caught like Mm. a lot of times you've experienced it. And so, um, but what's funny is that everyone in all of those friend groups are within two to three years of each other. Like everyone Mm. is around the same age. Whereas I, and it's always been the case my entire life is like, we've always had like the same age friend group. Mm-hmm. where I know like when I talk to like my little cousin or anything like that she's like oh how old is she like when I'm talking about a friend I'm like she's the same age as me 
Like all mm-hmm. of my friends are the same age as me. For as her, which she's like, you know, in middle school. But for her, when she talks about her friends, she's like, well, that's 17 year old and that one's oh, wow. 12 year old. And she has like a diverse group of friends. And I'm like, no, we, we stick with our own kind only. I think it's because online friendships are more like people meet like on Discord and I don't know what the kids use these days. Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) We met on Zoom. That's our love story. I don't know what we're talking about right now. We were just saying before we started recording, I was like, I'm grumpy. I'm not going to be funny today. Anyway. Yeah. Back to the burning maze. Or were we just here the whole time? We Uh, live in the burning maze. The world is the burning maze. We're just the rats trapped in it. It is rat girl summer. Yeah, and I know that this episode will come out in like two weeks, and I'm sure more will be on fire, and I'll have regret everything I manifested, so. That is true. Rat girl summer? Yeah, it's rat girl summer. We're scurrying through through these streets. The sewers? The streets. Oh, we don't have to okay. go through the sewers. Like, we don't have to go that deep into it. I mean, it. if you we really wanted outside. to be rats, we'd go to the I don't sewers. know. I will say, while I was on campus, and mm. broad daylight, four or five rats. Lots of, yeah. The rats are, yeah, the rats are out and about in Seattle. Mm-hmm. The city. We have lots of rats. I mean, nothing compared. Like, Squirrels, pigeons. Than the New York subway rats, which, like, definitely have their own zip code. Like, they definitely pay a mortgage. They are grown (laughs) but we have rats too we live in a city yeah we do and i don't like them don't like rats don't like squirrels don't like pigeons you heard it here first okay let's let's focus okay (laughs) on the burning maze of this earth so to summarize what we're talking about we're gonna team up with piper enter the burning maze and we're gonna meet an old enemy chapters 13 through 15 So chapter 13, don't move the gas grill. Meg is still playing with it. We are so kaboom. As all the movers are moving furniture out of the McLean house, Apollo, Meg, and Grover chat with Piper about what's been going on, all the stuff that they know. Apollo asks like, oh, so you know about Caligula? And she's like, I didn't know his name, but I knew someone was behind. Like there are too many things going on for it just to be bad luck. The maze, the fires, and now she's being, her and her dad are being forced to move out by Triumvirate Holdings. Piper had been having some bad demigod dreams. She gives us a little background on what she's been up to and why she went into the maze. Um, And those dreams prompted her and Jason to find the heart of the maze or to look for it. And notably when she mentions Jason, her voice dips and Apollo's like, I know that. I know that sound. That's the way I sound whenever I speak of Hyacinthus or Daphne. And it's like Apollo's like, do I hear a breakup? Like, girl, did Do I hear some tea that I should hear about? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and Meg, like, very, without any um, awareness, is just like, did you guys break up? And Piper's <laughs> like, yes, we did. Um, and Grover, who, I think Grover also compares every relationship to Persebeth, where he's like, but you're, you were in love. I am shocked to learn this people break up and he's like worried um to which piper says um she's like you thought what that we'd be together forever like percy and annabeth mm. things change people change it's so which dramatic it's so edgy 
<laughs> I love how little she's giving too about like what happened. She's being very mysterious about it. She does give us some details though. She shares that after the war um, with Gaia, they spent months searching for Leo together and then they tried to settle down into school and then she trails off. She doesn't disclose any more details about their breakup. And then um, obviously everything with her dad having to move happened. So Meg asks what the papers from Triumvirate Holdings say. They're from Neos Helios Financials, aka Caligula. Triumvirate Holdings has spent a lot of time and trouble destroying everything Piper's dad built. Piper says they must have been working at this for years. Um, the assistant was in on it. And now he owns millions in taxes that he didn't know and is deeply in debt. To which I was like, but don't all celebrities tax evade? Mm -hmm. Like, I have a hard time believing that he's like really that innocent in this. I think the amount that he was evading was much more yeah. minimal. And now the IRS is noticing. Yeah, they're definitely like they were doing something sketchy. His assistant was with the funds to make. Um, yeah, he's he's a tax evader. So Tristan, Piper's dad, of course, isn't doing too hot. He'd been healing for nearly a year from being kidnapped. And now this has set him back, even though he doesn't remember the kidnapping because of that potion, like the body keeps score um mm -hmm. their plan is to move to oklahoma to live with family there meg opens up to piper um because piper's we can tell she's like really been like she's been really affected by everything that caligula and the triumvirate are doing and so meg opens up and is like we can fight them together um, my family's also been targeted um, and with uh, Meg's permission, Apollo tells Piper about what happened to Meg's dad. And Piper hugs Meg and Apollo's kind of like, I'm so surprised Meg didn't try to eat her. <laughs> um, but Meg seems to actually really like Piper. They question what Caligula wants and what his end game is. But Apollo's only idea is that he has to ask the Sybil, which is exactly what Cal Caligula wants him to do. I have a question. Mm. Yes. So Piper is 16 in this, right? I think so, yeah. And um, she found out she was the demigod at the ripe ages 15. Mm -hmm. So all of this has happened in the course yes. of about a year. But we're supposed, and, and we see this later in my chapters too, but we're supposed to believe that the triumvirate has been planning this for like, decades for eons yeah like did they must have known yeah because if it was eons that doesn't make sense because mm -mm. piper wasn't even born yet mm -mm. And they could did not they just no matter what celebrities <laughs> no <laughs> they're like oh we're only targeting um you know the few poc celebrities out there right i'm like they can't say they're they're eat the rich people because they're the rich so, they're the richest, actually. They're the richest. Yeah. No, the timeline doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, or how they knew that Piper would be an important demigod either. And why they were, like, targeting her family. Even if it had only been, like, five years. Like, I the mean, prophecy of the knew. seven wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, I guess the Romans knew of the prophecy of seven. That was, like, one of their oldest prophecies. Yeah. That's true, and they are Roman gods, or man-gods. yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, there's some things that I'm just like, oh, that's like, oh, you've just been planning this forever. Yeah. That seems kind of like, 
when you put the date of the day before on your homework assignment to make it look like you started earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the vibe they're giving off. Alrighty. Chapter 14. Bedrossian man, Bedrossian man runs as fast as yoga pants. Piper emerges from her room with a blowgun now, made by Grandpa Tom. We get a shout out to Grandpa Tom again. Hasn't been brought up for a few books. Last time her and Jason went into the maze, the blowgun came in handy. She's also got her handy catoptrist Helen of Troy's dagger that shows them prophecies, which she mentions hasn't been showing her any since Apollo fell from his goddamn. So clearly that is linked to Mr. Prophecy Man. Piper then speaks their rich neighbor, Mr. Bedrossian, into letting them steal his car, which because Hedge's car kind of sucks and isn't big enough. And so she's back on her car stealing ways, but this time, like, I, I don't, I like that about her, you know, I like yeah. when she has her edge to her. On the way there, Apollo asks if they'll pick up Jason. <laughs> it's like, it feels like he wants them to get back together. He's like, I don't know, maybe we could bring Jason along more this and you guys could just like talk a little bit. <laughs> and Piper says no, and that Jason is actually in school now. And Piper didn't enroll in school because they're moving anyways. They ask Piper what happened when they went into the maze the last time, and she says the usual stuff. There's monsters, etc., and also a lot of fire. Though her and Jason did get separated at one point, and she's suspicious that he didn't tell her everything he saw, because something changed when, when they reunited. He seemed really off, which is why she wants to go back without him. They drive into downtown Los Angeles, which Rick spends a while just, like, insulting, <laughs> which is really funny. This is his outlet. It's his outlet against L.A., apparently. And they park the car near a government complex where a strange-looking guard stands by the service entrances. He's wearing a black suit and tie, which Apollo notes is unusual for the hot day, and has very large hands, and is wearing something wrapped around his head. Rover says that the guy isn't human, because he can smell it. Piper doesn't know exactly what this guard is, but she knows that they can be real trouble if not taken down by surprise, hence the blowgun. So then she shoots the guy with poison, which we later find out doesn't kill these monsters. It just like paralyzes them. But for a moment, I was like, oh, wow, Piper. She's really like post a breakup. She's a real angry. <laughs> Good for her getting it out. Honestly, yeah. Much more. It kind of feels a little bit like... Um... Rick took like a survey or like a, like a, what is it called? When you, like a focus group to see what like people liked and didn't like about Piper. And then he was like, okay, so boyfriend's gotta go. Gotta make her a little bit more insane and a little bit more evil and violent. And also stop talking about the native stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, honestly, that's what it feels like. He he took the feedback and he was like, all right, we're going to change this character completely. Exactly. By giving her more trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so chapter 15, Grover leaves early. Grover is a smart satyr. Lester, not so much. They go up to the guard to see what exactly he is now that he's like fallen over and paralyzed and unconscious from the poison and meg says he's fun looking which i thought was pretty accurate the way these guys are described um 
So each of his hands have eight fingers, and they assume his toes do too because his feet are really big. He looks quite young, like a teenager, and his whole face is covered in white fur, and his ears are huge, like the size of each is the size of a beach towel. And that fact, I can't even picture it. I know. So I was fun. hoping for a picture online, because but they, they don't even name this creature, yeah. so I have no idea what it, what he's trying to describe. Yeah, they will name. I know they do name it because this. I remember what these are called, but we'll get okay. to it because I want to see. Yeah, when we get to that, we'll have to look up what they look like in like the ancient Greek drawings and stuff, yeah. or ancient Roman. I don't know if they're Roman or Greek. Apollo is. He's immediately kind of obsessed with the ears. Like he's like, these would be so good for hearing, and with those hands, these would make great musicians. Hmm. And he doesn't recognize what the species is, but is basically like, I want it. I want to take it home and teach it to play music. And the others think that they should kill it. Um, Or at least Meg is like, we should murder it. And Piper agrees that they can just leave him. The poison will probably just paralyze him. And it might be too much work to kill him anyway when they have bigger problems coming. So they just open the metal door and head down towards the maze. They also note that it's odd that there are no other guards. And Piper's like, they probably want us to go in here. And this is probably a trap. But they go anyways. Mm. Along the way, they find two figures slumped over together on the floor, which Meg and Grover recognize as dryads. Grover rushes to them because he knows who these are. It's Agave and Moneymaker, who are all burnt up, apparently having gone to find the source of the fire. Meg and Grover work to help them, but they need sunlight now. Grover volunteers to take them into the sunlight and heads off away um, from the rest of the group with the two dryads. They follow the corridors and end up in an underground parking lot, which smells like sulfur and some kind of sweeter, like, clover fragrance. This is where Piper says her and Jason were separated. The last time they were here, a large plume of fire appeared and they ran different ways, and then Jason just disappeared. Piper tried to find him and couldn't and ended up leaving because she was freaked out in the darkness. And then later, Jason showed up. He simply walked out of the exit and wouldn't talk about what happened. He just said that he wanted to look into some ideas and get back to her, and that was two weeks ago. Apollo is thinking hard because he recognizes the sweet smell and is putting some pieces together in his mind. He recalls Agave mentioning, she just came out of nowhere. And he also thinks of that macro guy saying something about a a sorceress wanting him. Um, And he asks Piper what the smell reminds her of, and she says, an old enemy. And he's like, a sorceress, perhaps? So it's our old friend, Medea. The chariot rattles around the corner, and there she is in her black silk dress with her dragons that pull her chariot. Honestly, badass. What a move. Like, what a way to enter. I I don't remember her having dragons. I don't think her dragons were in the malls she owned. No, um, I don't think so but i remember them in being in the myth because mm-hmm. they're like the sun dragons or whatever yeah they're gifted to her by her grandpa oh yeah i don't know if i kind of like this all. better for her like she instead of owning a mall now she's like haunting burning a maze or whatever yeah i will say i did like the thing i liked with pgo and it kind of bled into heroes of olympus but not too much because they're on like a proper integrated adventure whereas in percy jackson they're just like bopping around on trying to figure out what the fuck a quest is is that the monsters are really well in like they assimilated like the guy Mm -hmm. owning a mattress Mm -hmm. store and Mm -hmm. 
So that was really fun as kids to read. And obviously you can't do that with Apollo. Apollo's immediately going to notice. Yeah. I do love when they're like in disguise as normal people. And the idea that they've just been like owning the store for eons. Yeah. And now this 12 year old has come in and just ruined their day. Yep. Yeah. Classic. Yep. Um, of my notes, I really liked the um, the detail of Grover when they're driving. He's eating his seatbelt in the car. <laughs> and Apollo has to say, like, Grover, stop eating your seatbelt. And I'm like, that is a classic. We're back to our classic Grover moves. Classic Grover. Um, and then I also just thought Moneymaker was a funny name. And, and literally when Grover's carrying her and they're like, just don't shake her. And he's like, don't shake the Moneymaker. Got it. And I thought that was really funny. I know Rick was just chuckling to himself over that Oh, yeah. And the children are like, okay. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) All right, chapter 16. Let's charm speak battle. You are ugly and you suck. The end. Do I win? Medea's chariot is being pulled by two sun dragons. Small dragons that you can fit into a large van, um, but are vicious nonetheless. They have orange eyes that will paralyze you if you stare at them long enough. Which, of course, both Meg and Apollo almost do. Medea introduces herself to Meg and calls herself a friend of Nero. She tells Meg that she has come to collect her and turn her to a stepfather, while all, all while using charm speak. She also lets it slip that she plans to squeeze the power of the sun out of Apollo, and that's why she has brought him here. This is where we get into the whole... Like, we've been planning this for eons. She's like, I have led you here to this moment. Everything you've done since you've become immortal, I have planned. Mm-hmm. So it's actually Medea's fault that Apollo did that rap at the ant nest. <laughs> You're so right. She planned it. She, she planned actually it choreographed it. <laughs> she sent it into his mind. Mm, she was like, yeah. this would be fun for Manasa yeah. to have to read about. Yeah, so she's the real enemy here. I mean, clearly, yes, she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Medea's grandfather was Helios, the former Sun Titan, before he faded and was replaced by Apollo. Caligula plans to do the same thing to Apollo and then appoint himself as the new sun god, Neos Helios. It's like under our nose the entire time. Medea has had her grandfather's essence come back to life, which has left him grumpy and angry. Like he's used to be, Apollo describes Helios as somebody who was on the God side and he was very powerful, but he wasn't good at multitasking. Like he could only be the sun God. He couldn't do all the other things that Apollo has. Like all these gods are pretty multifaceted. And so Helios eventually got replaced, not because he wanted to be or because anybody else did. The mortals who were worshipping the Greek god slowly started replacing Helios with Apollo because Apollo was Mm -hmm. a god versus a titan. And Helios wasn't super mad about it at the time. He just kind of faded. But this version of Helios is grumpy and he just wants to destroy Apollo. Medea plans on siphoning the little immortal part of Apollo that is left and adding him to Helios and gifting this like ball of essence of sun power to Caligula. Medea uses charm speak to try to get Meg to surrender her weapons and give up Apollo and Piper counters that with her own charm speak, willing Meg to do whatever she thinks is best. 
Luckily, that speaks to Meg's stubborn streak, and she holds her ground against Medea, so Medea and her dragons charge. Chapter 7. Phil and Dan are dead. Bye-bye, love and happiness. Hello, headlessness. As the dragons charge, Piper throws her dagger and impales the left dragon in the eye, sending the chariot veering off course. They only have a few moments before Medea does like a loop and comes back around again, so the three of them regroup. Piper's blow dart won't impale the dragon's armors, and Meg, even though she has her swords but can, can do that, she can be easily swayed by Medea's charm speak to either stumble or fall while fighting and end up hurting herself. So Meg pours some seeds into her ear, and blue bonnets sprout instantly and make the perfect like earplugs. She can't hear anything. Meg charges at the chariot and the dragons while Piper charms speaks the dragons to stop and Medea charms speaks them to surge forward. The result is one dragon stops and the other charges and they both get tangled and knock the chariot over, throwing Medea across the pavement. Before the dragons have time to recover, Meg is on them and decapitates both of them. Damn girl. Badass. Medea is furious and summons the wing wind to knock Meg into a bunch of pillars nearby. Apollo tries to rush to her aid, but is instead trapped in a wind vortex made by Medea. Piper tries to distract Medea, taunting her while Meg gets her bearings. During the taunts, we find out that Jason was allowed to meet the Sybil, and whatever prophecy he learned has destroyed his spirit, which is why he's at school and not really participating. We also learn in this monologue that the only way to get to the Sybil is if either Medea allows it or if you're literally wearing the Emperor's shoes, which is super stupid in my personal yeah. opinion. <laughs> Take a walk into the shoes. Took a metaphor too far. <laughs> Medea accepts Piper's request for a duel, but for her weapon, she chooses the literal titan of the sun, her grandfather Helios. Piper has a knife, so they start dueling. <laughs> <laughs> Evenly matched, yes. Perfectly done. Chapter 18. Whoa there, Medea. Don't be all up in my face with your hot granddad. <laughs> that was kind of funny. That is good. The pure essence of Helios is too hot to handle, and Apollo mm. can feel his bitterness towards him in the form of heat. A white-hot maelstrom roars around Medea, and naturally Piper runs. She has to, as she's immortal and being simply in its presence would have made her burst into flames. Because Medea is spending so much energy controlling the maelstrom, maelstrom, the venti have now vanished and Apollo is free from his cyclone. He runs towards Meg and pulls her behind a column as Medea shoots fire at them. Piper continues to taunt Medea as she wildly shoots fire everywhere because she can't see where Piper is, but Piper's voice is just calling Medea stupid. You know, the typical Percy Jackson taunts. Mm -hmm. Yes. They've um, all just learned it from Percy. I know. It, where it's like not actually insulting. It's like not quite bullying. It's just lame. No. And it gets their reaction. Whereas like, I feel like if I was there, I would do some psychological damage of like bringing her dead kids into the conversation. You know, you can, you mm -hmm. can, you can stir some shit up, I think. Yeah. Stupid head is not my go-to insult, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. Um... Meg, now conscious, tells Apollo to ask advice from the arrow and then goes to help distract Medea. Apollo asks the arrow and it advises him to use the blowgun. Apollo runs towards Piper and mimes using the blowgun. So Piper shoots the dart straight at Medea and 
this, this part made no sense to me. I went on a little spiral. I did not like this. But Apollo reasons that maybe because the weapon is not Greek and it's not made of yeah. celestial bronze, Helios doesn't pay attention to it and it doesn't burn up on its way to hitting Medea. And so it hits her in the shoulder blades and the poison takes her down. So my note was, I was yep. just like, so Piper could have had a gun this whole time. Yep. Yep. Because, like, the guns aren't Greek made. I don't understand. Because I feel like a few chapters ago, he was like, we can't have guns. No, he's like, they're really hard. They, they jam up a lot. They, like, they don't actually affect monsters. But if a blow dart will affect Medea, clearly, like, an automatic rifle would be fine. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Medea's like, I have the power of Helios. And Piper just Piper's pulls like, out a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, as Medea goes down, she tells them that she was actually the one holding Helios back. She wasn't uh, unleashing him. She was, like, trying to control his powers. So when she falls, now there's nobody there to hold him back. And so they start running. And the parking lot behind them goes, as Apollo calls it, supernova. Mm. That always makes – did you ever watch a Xenon? No. Oh, you really is that a cartoon? Out. No, it was a uh, movies. It was like I think it was Disney. I don't know. It was like early late nineties, probably, and they were like <laughs> these kids in space. Raven Simone was in it. Oh, is it the the house? No, that's smart house. No, they were like kids in space <laughs> that lived there for some reason. It was like the twenty first. Anyway, Supernova was like a. It meant like cool. I rewatched these movies during the pandemic mm. because it was, and it was like the funniest thing I've watched. Like they just constantly would be like, that is so supernova. <laughs> or like, there's no need to go supernova on me. And they would call everything like mega and made. Anyway, that's all I thought of. Is that the movie that there's like a song? Yes. Okay. Zoom, zoom. Yes. That's like kind of yes. coming back to me. I think I watched bits of it. Yeah, like a it's sleepover. not good, but, like, the first one is honestly, like, it's kind of a vibe. The <laughs> How other many two I wouldn't there movies? spend time on. Yeah, there's three movies. Three? Xenon, there's the, the sequel. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the first one's a good watch, though. Like, it's so painfully, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Like, it's just, like, yeah. The, right. the way they think of technology. <laughs> yeah, it's a new it's a recommendation on Disney Plus. <laughs> on Disney Plus. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> my, my note just says Jason, what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um I also thought it would be mental illness or PTSD that cut Tristan McLean, not tax evasion. So that was the <laughs> surprising know, right? one. The way he was muttering and walking around and being all like not paying attention, I was like, oh, poor man, you know, he got real fucked up, and it's like, no, he doesn't pay, his, he doesn't handle his own finances, and now it's yeah. biting him in the butt, Yeah, losing all five of his houses. I know, that part where she was like, we lost our three houses, and I was like, <laughs> poor girl. Oh, poor Piper. Um, I have a prediction, and now mm. I'm kind of curious, because from your reaction, that maybe I'm wrong. Oh, but I didn't I, mean to have a reaction. 
Oh, you did no though. Spoilers. <laughs> I feel like Jason and Piper are gonna get back together mm-hmm. because I don't believe in this universe there can be breakups. That's um, fair. Yeah. And it's gonna be the whole we broke up because I was protecting you from this knowledge mm-hmm. that I have trope, which I hate. I don't remember really what he like what exactly it is he knows. Mm, he knows something. He knows something. And it's bad. Or good. Maybe it's or, just too good. He's like, I'm, I have better things coming. I'm leaving you, Piper. Well, it's silly because the whole point, the fucking lost hero, oh, no, it's here. The, the, the whole lost hero and all of Heroes of Olympus is Jason finally coming to terms that he can't control his fate. He is who he is. And he's just like, well, I can control this prophecy if I just go to calculus, I guess. Uh, yeah. Or maybe like, the other way. Other way where he knows he can't control it, so he's just kind of left it alone. He's just yeah. like, I have no control over this. It's going to happen. Might as well learn Pythagorean theorem. No but then why facts. did him and Piper break? I mean, like, I don't remember the details, but I'm assuming, you know, he comes out, he gets this weird info of knowledge. He's like, we're breaking up and I'm going to school now. Well, did like, he break up damn. with her? Or did she was like, I'm going to go to school. I don't want to talk to you anymore about this. And she was like, well, I do. I'm annoyed <laughs> with you. We're yeah, breaking up. And he was just like, I don't have time for this. According to the prophecy, the world will implode. So mm, the burning maze will get us all. Yeah. Anyway, so why do I even try? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my prediction. I think they're going to get back together. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to protect mm-hmm. you trope. Where is if he had actually said something earlier, he could have helped everybody because information is power kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think in the next couple chapters, we will be seeing Jason. We're going to see them interact where he's like, I can't tell you what I know. And she's going to be of like, course. why are you doing this, Jason? And then to read yeah. it with my eyes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, that's, that's my chapters. Let's go move into some lightning bolt round questions, shall we? Uh, let's do it. All right. What is your least favorite breakup trope? And do you have a favorite, like, why can't they be together trope? Oh, God. Huh. I do kind of hate the one that's always like, I have to deal with this by myself type of thing. Like when it's like, that doesn't mean you have to break up. You could just like go on a trip by yourself, you know? Yeah. Like go do the thing by yourself. You don't have to break up. Um. Yeah. Or when I also hate, I feel like in sitcoms a lot of the time, it's always just like, this isn't working out. And like, it's not, it's things that they could easily fix. And then they always end up back together in sitcoms, you know? Yeah, of course. Like I was thinking after each other. like of like Nick and Jess and New Girl, like their breakup felt just like kind of for the drama. It was. the show was getting like boring. It wasn't, but like, you know, they wanted to add some new characters, some new yeah. spice. But that one I remember being like, I don't really understand why they're breaking up, except that, like, he's messy. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No. That's, yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite. I don't really love the, like, yeah, again, like, I, there's not a lot of breakup tropes that I, or breakups that I like, unless it's, like, You're goodbye, right. good riddance. Yeah. Um... I think the acceptable one, it depends on the context. 
sometimes I might enjoy like, you know, somebody else told me that I was like hurting you or something. And so mm. I left. Those are mm. the ones that fanfics really love because that yes, still yeah. allows the room for both of them to be forgiven and things to return. Yes. I guess in some context, but now that I'm talking about it out loud, I actually also hate that too. Right? I feel like in fanfic, it's like, I'm okay reading that if I know I'm like, the tags are like, still like the couple's going to get back together. But yeah. even still, I'm like, I'm like, I know this was just written for the drama. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't actually make sense. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's always more powerful when a couple sticks together and, like, works I agree. Things, which yeah. is why we love Annabeth and Percy. Like, they didn't yes. even break up when Percy couldn't remember who he was. Like, it's yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I prefer to see them just, like, work through things and yeah. even just, like, take a, like, a physical break, but not, like, a, you know, they could just be like, I'm going to go on a trip. Or when they break up, like, it's done. Like, you've put it to bed. They're done. The relationship is done. It's not this, like, will they, won't they Mm -hmm. for the next six books or whatever. A million books. Yeah. 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 Do you remember remember in our book (laughs) how we made them break up purely for plot? Yeah, because we hadn't had the the quote-unquote plot that actually didn't exist. And I don't remember, like, we made them break up because someone told him to do that or something. Yeah, which is fanfic level. It was, like, evil. I don't remember. She was, like, no, she wanted, she wanted to, she wanted to take your character because we had two characters we were writing the Oh, and they were trying to get. they wanted to, like, get her, like, give her, like, a. Brain surgery. Brain surgery? (laughs) I don't know, man. They wanted her brain for some reason. It was. Science. Science. <laughs> her memories. Her memories. Yeah, and they knew that they, if they the give her a lobotomy, daughter. that'll help. I don't know, dude. Because she was the president's daughter. God. Every detail we give about this is just the word. <laughs> we had so much creative energy. Honestly, yeah. I, I wish I could have that. Yeah. I know. It went into that book. That's where it went. That's where we went to all of our creative energy. I mean, you wrote another book and published That's it. That's true. My That's creative true. energy went into that. a little bit book. of creative energy left. <laughs> <laughs> I had some leftover. Yeah. All right. Which old villain, either like PJ or Heroes of Olympus, would you like to see return and pop up? I would have loved to see him in... Heroes of Olympus, I think, again, because I want to see it from Luke. Oh, okay. I want to see it. Yeah. I didn't say it. I realized that now. (laughs) I would love love to see Luke pop up and see it from Percy's perspective. Mm -hmm. But, like, just Luke, not Kronos Luke. No, no, no. That makes it more difficult i know that ruins the whole arc character of luke being like the chosen one or whatever the fuck it was yeah but that would have been really fun to read even as like if he popped up somehow in like tartarus i know he wouldn't be in tartarus i guess in uh the underworld if they went there if he was like oh hey guys and then yeah like hash it out a little i think yeah and it'd also be interesting to see because then we got Annabeth's perspective and to see mm-hmm. Luke from Annabeth. Because remember reading it and seeing Annabeth when she talks about Luke, she's like, 
oh, Kelly is the one who made Luke evil. Yeah. Girl, your misogyny is showing. Girl. Girl. Take him off the pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see a Medusa again, just because she's, like, such an iconic villain, and she really only, like, she was only in one book. And she was just, like, an iconic scene, but she wasn't in it a lot. That is true. That would be fun to see, yeah, her. Yeah. Is there any other iconic? It'd be interesting to see the Lotus Hotel come back. Ooh, yeah. To play. They use it, like, but then they use it in like a like a way to hide themselves or something like that. Well, they use it for their advantage rather than it taking years away from them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 probably that's my roundup. I think. Yeah. Same. Um, and then this next question we got on Instagram from Sarah, it wasn't super relevant to this one, but we talked about Caligula's name in the last episode. Um, since Caligula is called Little Boots, what would you want your name to be as an emperor? Like, similar to Little Boots. I feel like Little Boots is like a rapper name or oh. a name for a small rat or mouse, oh. you know? Like, this is yeah. Little Boots. Like oh, it would be a cute name for like a big dog. Too. Oh yeah. The irony of it. Oh. Um. I don't know. I don't either. I didn't think of an answer to my own before picking this one. So, hmm. I'm like, is there a little item of clothing I wear? So sweatshirt. No. Little sweatshirt. Uh, little sweatshirt. <laughs> little sweatshirt. Um. Huh. Guess it could be big. Big sweatshirt. <laughs> Big sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Let's see. What what was something that you were attached to as a child? Like, I had a little, uh, not a little. I had a build a bear dog that mm. went with me everywhere for a couple years. So you would have been named after the dog. I had the little spotty. Little spotty. So basic. Um, I had an also a ratty dog made mostly of. Uh, uh, what are those washcloths? Because it would always break, and my grandma would resew it with a washcloth. Its name that's is so Lady. Little oh, lady. lady! Oh, that's so cute. That's cute. Little spotty sounds like, like I have a disease. Sounds <laughs> 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 like a chicken box. <laughs> oh, those are good. That took a, that took us a moment. Thanks, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, that's Brain a good one. Teeth. You have to think of like a childhood thing that you would have been called as a yeah. toddler emperor. <laughs> would have been a menace. Oh my god, impossible to control. Yeah. Jumping off of everything. <laughs> Falling on my head. Yeah. That All that's right. just good plot for the for when you're an emperor, you got brain damage. It's like, why is she evil? It's because she swan dived off with the grocery cart when she was yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. Much right in the ambulance. It was great. Oh, yeah. exciting! Really dramatic for my poor mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll be continuing our journey with chapters nineteen through twenty-four next time of the Burning Knees. Find out what happened with Jason. Spooky mystery. What does he know? What does he know? If you are interested in supporting us, you can find the link to the Patreon in the episode description, as well as the link to send us an audio message if you'd like. Our social media is at Camp Halfbot. Our email is camphalfbot at gmail.com. Message us 
on email or social if you want to join our newly minted Discord. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us. Thank ya. Bye.